Welcome back to another episode of Hardener Hosers. I'm the only Kyle that doesn't ride a Kawasaki, smoke weed, consume Monster Energy drinks, or own white sunglasses. And I'm here with just just Alex, I guess. Plain old Alex. Your your name really isn't a meme sensation, is it? No. Pretty. Is there any is there any Alex innuendos? Is there any Alex anything? Yeah, you have the whole Kyle meme, right? Like the guy oh, that's yeah. just like glazed over. Hey, uh, bro. A hundred percent. I'm the male version of Karen. Yeah. 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 I know. Wow. I never thought of it that way, but. I know. I know. Accurate. I'd oh. like to see your manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's hiding in his office right now. I know. I know. So what do we got on the menu today? What are we throwing down? Sweet fuck all. Actually, I think we're just going to have a bit of a bullshit session. Absolutely. That sounds good. Excellent. I mean, there's a lot of just like generic little things that are worth, I don't know. Yeah, there's a multitude of little worth, things. Worth chewing on, but not full episode worthy. Totally. And we, uh, today is Saturday and we're on the last day of Romaniacs. So that just finished. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Especially for you having two Shirkos on the podium. I know. Pretty awesome. They seem, know, to, they seem to kind of disappear right up until Romaniacs, and then... They just start coming out of the woodwork? Yeah, and then they just kind of slowly fade into the shadows of the big yeah. KTM3 again. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you hear... Oh, who was it? Was it not last Romaniacs because it was canceled two years ago? Was it Paul Torres who spoke out about uh, going I against... I think that was Erzberg. Paul, no. Paul was Erzberg, No, it was he? Romaniacs when he first called out uh, the KTM, uh, the monster, on having guys at every hill climb pulling people up. Because he came in like 20 minutes later than everybody else one day and was like, this, this isn't, is why. This isn't fair. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think he was on a Yamaha and he was on the... Nope. Was he? No, nope. he wasn't on Yamaha. He was still on the private. He was riding his Husky. Ah, uh, was he? Yeah, he's never ridden. Yeah, he's you're never right. ridden no, you're a right. Yamaha. You're right. It was. It was the the black graphic on the the Husky. Yeah, yeah. and he was calling out that saying like, "Hey, look, they they got guys on all these climbs that you can't make, and if you have somebody to pull you the last twenty feet, it's, yeah, especially if you just pay people to stand there and pull absolutely. up these three guys. Yeah, and I, I think we may have touched on an early episode if you could hear us because our audio has gotten so much better. It's world's better. But touching on when. Going to Ayersburg and seeing like KTM with the three semis, like two trucks for KTM, two semis for Husqvarna, and now I'm sure they got the same for Gas Gas. Yeah, well, why wouldn't like, they? What's their budget? I know, it's got to be outrageous. And you think it'd be hard to compete for lots of those other smaller teams like like Sherco and even Johnny Walker being a privateer with his beta. Yeah, well, even the, the factory beta team, I think they had two like sprinter vans. And one was Sherco style. Yeah, Sherco. Yeah. And they had one that was like their shop that worked on the bikes. And then the other one was their shuttle for the riders. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't even like they had two, like a van for each bike. They had two bikes in one van. Yeah. (laughs) And then they drove everyone around. Two two bikes, one van. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hopefully there's no fluid exchange involved there. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully not. (laughs) Uh, Actually, the one thing I thought of is. Wade Young doesn't really seem like a Sherco type rider. Like seeing that Sherco kind of stems from the trials bike seems yeah. like more Mario Roman would be 
yeah, to like just, your it, your trials person. And then I just kind of clicked one day. I was like, oh yeah, Wade Young's more of like a goon. He doesn't have yeah, any trials on, background. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a little bit surprising to me that he's on a short go bike. He does really well on it. Yeah. I, but it was just uh, something I thought of one day. Uh, yeah. I think it was just a timing thing where when he was coming up, there was no space on the factory teams. Yeah. And he got on good with Sherco. They were looking for somebody. They were just growing. He was available. And he and, does well. Like oh, he, absolutely. He wins I think it was Romaniacs a great pick for often. him, and I hope that Sherco treats him well because, I mean, he's, Definitely. he's done great things for them. Yeah. yeah. And those both of those riders have been around for quite a while even, now like with Sherco. Bringing the band bringing the brand in a different direction that like, you know, a goon can ride it too. It's not just for the, the dainty yeah. trials riders out there. Yeah. I love that we consider goon someone that doesn't have a strictly trials background. Yeah. <laughs> Grew up riding around Africa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I think, do you think like we need to do cost restrictions or anything just to keep people competitive? Yeah, no, that's because it's a lot of, it's a good, good thought experiment on leveling the playing field where, you know, you got guys like Wade Young and Mero crunching on their granola in the rain in a chair under one of those flip out tents that yeah. anyone could have. And then you got guys like Taddy sitting there getting a full meal that's prepared by a chef sitting at his picnic well, table exactly. asking if he wants seconds. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Were your eggs undercooked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a different league. Definitely. Like, I think that might be something that, uh, especially with the FIM coming into play, that they might want to do some restrictions, like some cost caps for the year or something to yeah. to keep all the little guys competitive. Because you only ever see KTM and Husky and Gas Gas kind of in the top five or six positions now. So do you think that struggle is part of the climb? Where if you want, I guess the unfair part is that we're looking at the big three, the KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas as the the peak, the pinnacle of the sport. Whereas if you're a factory rider for one of those three, you've made it. And oh, maybe yeah. that's the change. Like I, I'm, I was just thinking of it as like, oh, that's part of like the climb where, you know, you're, you come out as a privateer, you, your dad was bringing you to races. Okay. You got some sponsors. Now you're out there, you're proving yourself and you have in order for only the best to make it to the top, you have to struggle through that. But should KTM and its sub brands be, be the, the benchmark, be the top? Yeah. Well, and like, or could you it, make it so that being a factory rider for any of the teams is for kind of sure. The top? And like, would it be, what is Sherco a lesser competitive brand just because of that, right? Like, I yeah. don't know. Well, I, I think it's worth, like, their riders are doing a lot more on race day. They're a lot more involved in the process of getting ready and helping out yeah. because they only have a limited number of people. And the fact that, you know, two podiums in Romaniacs. Yeah, which which is I phenomenal. Mean, so obviously the bikes, like they're not behind in terms of the bike performance. No, definitely and not. what would happen if the riders were that much more rested and massaged and... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I'm sure part of it is that the KTM 3 also have the biggest budget for salaries. So they can absolutely just pull the, the best riders as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
But I mean, things happen too and on race day. I mean, like Graham and his knee. He tore his ACL. Yeah. Gone. Ditch wobble. Oh my goodness. And then web, web snake bite. <laughs> a snake bite. <laughs> You'll figure the American gets bit by a snake in the Carpathians. Yeah, that's crazy. And our local homegrown Tristan Hart was one of the only ones that made that uh, last hill climb. Yeah. So that was exciting to yeah. see. Canadian representation. Yeah. yeah. Woo woo. Been a long time since, uh, oh, wow. Trying to blank. It's been so long. Yeah, I don't think it's ever happened. There's no way. No, wow, he's in all the films there. He still rides. A Canadian? But he mostly lives in the States now. Graffender. Oh. Graffender used to be a pretty big. He was fighting in the top 10 in uh, Ayersburg and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I that must have been before well my time. Yeah, I don't think he owned a dirt riding. bike then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make him a has-been? But <laughs> 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 you haven't heard of him? No, oh, I'm, no. Just th- I'm just that fresh still. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just, I I don't know, it's circling kinda, back the, the thought experiment of budget caps, circling back to that. I, I'd be curious to see it. I, I I don't know what it would do to the sport. Do you think that would affect the visibility of the sport where right now the off-road industry is growing uh, quite a rapid Yeah, it's pretty rate. astronomical through North America too. Yeah, and do you think that if KTM budget was cut on what they could spend on race day that they would focus less on the marketing portion on of the it? advertising and the or marketing? do you think yeah. they would just focus less on having like the chefs and giant semis and stuff like that and see that's like, like that's what from? i would hope they would do is they would make the riders not such royalty yeah yeah absolutely but would, i mean i could also see them going that other direction where they're big enough they can just say, eh, we don't need, really need this marketing anymore. Well, the marketing benefits them. I mean, if the the sport is growing, if their marketing is contributing to the growth of the sport. It's kind of good for everybody. It's good for everybody. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because there's going to be people like myself who are like, ah, fight the man. Yeah. Off brand. I know. I'm the same way <laughs> as, I, as I've as i owned a Husky and a KTM now. Yeah. They're just hard to beat. Oh, yeah. No, there's great value in them. Yeah. I don't Yeah. But bikes today, like when I, we were just kind of reminiscing about our buyer's guide podcast, and I still think today it'd be pretty hard to buy an actual off-road bike. If it's got an 18-inch rear, yeah. they're all good bikes. They really are. Like, yeah, it's kind of hard to go wrong yeah. with any, any of the two-stroke variety anyways. Yeah, I think as far as like the biggest disadvantage bike is just the, the 250X because it's kick only. And if it yeah. had an e-start, then really, I mean, even Yamaha would be thrown in the mix for 18-inch rears. Yep, 18-inch sure. rear two-strokes. But that's not going to happen because Poltaris has one and then still decide to ride an adventure bike instead. <laughs> oh my God. Which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over it. I think yeah. it's a little bit gimmicky now yeah, or something. We were discussing this over, yeah, over breakfast here, how he did it in bronze class and the way it was so hyped. I mean, good on you. Congratulations. Uh, bron- like finishing bronze class on an adventure bike is an achievement. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And deserves a pat on the back. But he's also a competitive gold class rider. Yeah. Why? Like, and like, I'm pretty sure we would ride bronze if we were going to enter. Uh, yeah. Like if Yamaha could get visibility in the off road market as a competitive bike at that level, like gold if they class. had yeah. an e start gold class bike and had a Yamaha on the podium. 
I mean, they sell a lot of 250Xs. I mean, yeah. they're cheap and they're good. And they even just brought out a totally redesigned 2022 Yamaha YZ model. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the, where's the visibility yeah. in the off-road market on that? Like, yeah. where's the marketing? Get that. They went all visibility. They just changed plastics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. But just making that known. I mean, yeah, it's great sharing that on social media and kind of pushing a little bit in magazines, but getting... Then what? Yeah. There's not really a lot of magazine coverage on the enduro world. Well, I mean, maybe that market segment's just too small. And the adventure segment, when people are like, oh, look who my bike could do. Yeah. But realistically, who's a gold level rider that's going to buy an adventure bike and then throw it down a mountain? Nobody. They're going to buy an adventure bike for adventuring because their 300 two-stroke doesn't do it. Yeah. Doesn't ride nicely down the highway. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I ride a gravel road every now and then. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm I'm over it. Like I, I would like to see Paul it back was, on a real bike. Yeah, it was cool at the beginning when he had his first couple of clips and whatnot doing trialsy stuff. But yeah, and it's w- time to get back to racing. I think and we see it a lot too with Honda and the twin, where uh, Tony Boo and his teammate. Would, yeah, that guy. Uh, I know, I'm, Tony I'm, Boo I'm and feel, the other guy. I feel so bad because he's such a good rider. Yeah, absolutely. And if Tony he's just wasn't in, around, he's just in the shadow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, and actually, you know what? Speaking of that, I was thinking that I think Alfredo needs to go somewhere else because he's being, he's a really good rider, but he's just in the shadow of Billy and Graham. Yeah. And I think like even moving to Gas Gas would be... Walker teammate? Well, that's, yeah, that's what I thought. But if you're a factory rider, it's hard to go to a privateer company, especially if you're not... The owner operator, quote unquote. But if you're in the shadow and you're not getting the support that the other guys yeah. are, I mean, it might be better for you. For sure. But say if he was on gas, gas, and oh, this is my other prediction. I think Taddy's going to go back to Supercross only, or sorry, Super Enduro or Enduro Cross only. Yeah. That's my, I think he wasn't looking like he was having a good time. So I think he needs to go to Super Enduro only and just. Not yeah. doing Duro anymore, and then have Alfredo move over to Gas Gas and be the big dog at Gas Gas. Uh, uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see a plan out though. I don't, I, I don't know. You heard it here uh, first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There it is. That's my prediction. I, yeah. Because I think that would be good for Alfredo. Gas Gas just, I don't want to, they seem to be really pushing the MX, which for oh, Gas really? Gas is a brand. I, uh, I guess what I pick up on from their Instagram yeah. is I just see a ton of MX posts on Gas Gas, which I'm like, but they're not. They were an enduro brand. Like, they, they weren't in the motocross world. That's not their bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. Gas Gas was all like, I think we talked about this, stemmed from trials. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or was that beta? No, no it was Gas Gas. Gas Gas. Yeah, we yeah. went over the history of it. Yeah, early, exactly. In an early episode. Yeah. I just don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. Don't it's know. weird seeing a brand. And there is only one rider on it. It might be a whole Husseberg situation. <sighs> that makes me so sad. I uh, miss Berg. I know. I know. They were awesome. I, I wish they killed Husqvarna instead. I said it. <laughs> I said it out loud. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Back in Graham's days when he used to ride the Berg. Yeah. I know. I know composite subframe and PDS, that gets me. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's a that's a great combination. 
But uh, yeah, anyways, that lasted all of three years, I think. And then... Did it even make it the full three? I think it was 14, 15, 16. Yeah. That whole... I mean, it's the same bike. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But then it just stopped. The end of the line. Yeah, killed him. But I mean, gas gas, I guess they need gas gas just for like the sales overseas. Brand revival. How crazy... Man, let's see how crazy would it be with the big news of uh, Triumph announcing their comeback. I was going to say, what if Triumph picked up the old Berg? But I mean, KTM, it's so far gone. It's so far gone. And like, they'd be so far behind. Because even that, yeah, that chassis wasn't even like a terribly awesome chassis either. No, the like pre, the same the as my pre KTM Berg chassis. Well, even like my area. 16 Husky, it was like pretty raked out for a, for an enduro bike. Yeah, like it felt a little bulky. I yeah. mean, yeah, I don't know, but Triumph. Yeah, Triumph, Triumph is entering. exciting. This is exciting news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you wanna... And uh, we got some. Who are the riders on there? Yeah, so uh, they got two riders that they announced. Uh, one, Ricky Carmichael, which I think a lot of people would call the the goat of MX. <laughs> yeah. Like the classic RC Benz even, Ricky Carmichael. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm not a huge motocross guy, so I can't list no, off I'm... how many world things or whatever they're... <laughs> he's done some stuff, and, he, 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 and he's known. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of... Apparently, I've heard his name, and I don't follow motocross at all. Is he still a big deal, or is he a has-been? Well, How old is this guy? He's got to be getting old. He's got to be mid-30s. I feel like he I was a big deal be, when I was a kid. I feel, yeah, he might be like a Tommy Searle type yeah. type guy where he was like, he was big in his late teens and early 20s and now he's But on 40. the other side, I mean, this is really good for Triumph because they have an experienced guy, right? Exactly. So if you're going to grow a team and come up with a bike. And the, uh, the, mean, the CEO or the president or something did say they were... Committed to being competitive in the um, the enduro world. Yeah. Oh, I think if you need a bike that feels right, I mean, having a guy that's ridden a lot and ridden a, has a lot of experience, uh, that's a good and it's start. Just, yeah, just good feedback. Hours in the seat is yeah. great feedback. And uh, so the other rider is Ivan Cervantes, and it looks like he was kind of last on betas. So he's got kind of the, I'm hoping that playful feel, but we saw he did some Dakar stuff for KTM. Some racing, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of ISDE in there. Uh, he said he was a five-time world champ. So, so yeah, there's he's going to be he's pretty enduro There's some wide experience there. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of medals and trophies between those two, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Triumph can be competitive because I would love to see another brand get in there. Yeah. So what do you... What do you expect from this bike? What would you predict being that they have a, an MX guy and an, and, an, and an Enduro guy? Wow, that's a lot of and 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 Yeah. What do you, if you were going to, if you were looking at these are the two guys helping direct the direction of this bike, what do you, what are you predicting is going to come out the other side? It's going to be a single platform with an 18 option, e-start, no kick, so what I think, I think what they should do is like have big names like these guys, but also build a bike that is, um, consumer based. So like have probably that MX and the Enduro bike being the same chassis. Yeah. Some- Cause obviously the MX chassis has a steeper head tube, I believe to make it yeah, a little more playful. Twitchy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think unless I'm backwards, but I think that's right. 
Yeah, usually rate dotes more stable at speed and less head angle is a little bit twitchier, more reactive. Yeah. So I don't know. I like twitchier. But I think like I think they need to do it to consumer, so maybe follow the lines of beta a little bit where they're like a KYB suspension, a key and carb, and then if they had a Kickstarter from factory, even on the new bikes, I think that would go a long ways for um, selling bikes. Yeah. Like, I think they need to push full you know, I, consumer. I, yeah. I, I like beta's angle of the recreation aspect of it, that they want a a fun bike to ride, a playful bike. Yeah, they want a that, bike for a casual people too. Yeah, very capable, but not a an overly stiff platform, not something that's going to beat you up and is ready to race. That they want something that anybody can go out and recreate on, and it'll 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 be fun for you. It'll be yeah, a good it makes, experience. It makes the experience fun and not a little overwhelming. But that kind of goes against the the what the CEO is saying in they want to be competitive. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think, like, I think if Triumph's going to start from the ground up, I think they need to put parts on it that are proven, like the KYB, the key in, yeah. the kickstart. Like, I think those base points would make a big difference. Would you be upset if it came out with Electron? I would be extremely upset. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I don't really know because I'd be upset spending money for Electron. Yeah. So if it came factory, I just don't know. Yeah, as long as it worked okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. No, like even, yeah, if they could get a, a smart carb type situation from factory on there, yeah, that might bridge the gap from the, the straight carbs to the EFIs and be, yeah. be like very competitive that way. I don't know enough about Triumph's street bikes to know what suspension they run on... Like my Aprilia has sacks on it and an Olin's rear. You know what? I'd be excited. I'd be excited Olin's? if they threw Olin's on it. Yeah. If it was a, uh, let's, I think what would make me the most excited would be a 250, 300, two stroke kick and electric with a carb and Olin's. And, but it doesn't make sense if you have a motocross guy because they're, I don't like, I don't, What's the market on two-stroke motocross bikes? Like, people get excited about them, but yeah, you definitely have unless to. Unless you're in the, the 125 class, I don't, I don't know. I don't, no, and I don't motocross think guys, so it's tough to say. So uh, I think they could go the same route as, say, a gas gas, where they have limited. Yeah. You know, if they have limited you, models, you know what the safe play might be for them a 250 four-stroke that they can swap an 18 or 19 rear with Olin's. Eastern only and EFI. That's yep. that's a safe bike that you could make with a linkage. And but then you're not competitive. In but you would be in the in that class. And Enduro GP, you'd be competitive. Yeah. Like you could enter a lot of things on a 254 stroke. Like if you yep. were having, okay, we're coming out with a new model and we need to hit the widest range of people, I would buy that bike. I, like, yeah. That would interest me. Definitely. Definitely. And I guess I always, when I hear competitive, I just think of the FIM series, Hard Enduro series. Yeah. But really, there's so many other dirt bike series to be competitive in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, that would make sense to me. Because Beta got a big name from like Enduro GP. They were cleaning up. Yeah. So I could see how they would even start there with a 254 stroke and then maybe introduce a two stroke later yeah. on in 
four or five years or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah, even just, yeah. The, I just think the time to develop a, a chassis from the ground up that they have a lot of tooling and machining and experience with building four strokes. Yeah. And I yeah, don't think really, that would be a big don't. stretch. No, that's so true. They when, do when have... When was the last time Triumph built a two-stroke? Yeah, no, that's just it. You're totally right about that. They've got so much experience in four-strokes just from all their other lineups. Yeah, like the, even the the fuel management stuff, right? Like if you want fuel injector throttle bodies and Yeah, they've got management. people already on staff that are just wizards with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exciting. I think that's going to be great. And actually, so this will this will lead in the next one. You might sell your Sherco. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm. So yeah. what? What bike would you ideally get? Like older model, newer model. What's the What's the dream bike off the factory floor? Well, a barn find. Okay, so let, let's throw a little bit more context into this. Uh, I, yeah, retore my ACL. Uh, we we're talking about that an episode or two ago, and I've got a time frame for surgery in the next four months. So this summer is off the table. I'm not going to be riding. Even if I get surgery in four months, that'll be November, let's say. I can't ride for another year, so it'll be next November. So I'm going to have two seasons off and then be bike shopping. So, and your shirt goes fairly worn out. Like it's out, yeah. it's houred up. So realistically, I'm looking for a 2023 bike. And yeah. there's a, a lot... One of the things that I consider here is having a dealer around that stocks parts and having had the Sherco. You had to work if, for it a little bit. I had to work for it a little bit, but it was never a problem. I don't think it was ever high and dry that I couldn't get a part. Yeah. And it just always had to be shipped from it always had to far be shipped away somewhere, land somewhere. But I found that the dealers that I talked to were very knowledgeable and very helpful and understanding. Super accommodating. Super accommodating. Yeah. And I look at... The nearest dealer to us is two hours away for KTM, and they screw over everybody. It's just constantly you hear struggle yeah, stories. Yeah, you hear so many stories. And I didn't experience that with the Sherco, that all of the dealers I ever called, and I'm not saying I we just got a bad card here and I didn't call a bad card uh, or a dealer that worked that way, but it, I'm not tied to having a dealer here because I don't think that'll make the experience better but I would like a more readily available supply within Canada because occasionally I had a part that had to come from the US and then you know it could get tied up at the border for a week yeah you've had a few come over from Europe too yeah I had lots of parts come over from Europe and Spain uh, there's a great eBay shop that Moto IT or something like that or, anyway I'm leaning beta yeah I'm leaning beta. Uh, the KYB, there's so much information. Having taken a ton of forks apart. Uh, yeah, you're super oil, knowledgeable about suspension them. and whatnot. You could do all of that yourself. Yeah, that, uh, I like the KYB. I think it's a good, simple, all-around design for suspension. I like the the beta kind of motto of you know that, that fun, enjoyable riding experience. I mean, but you'd also buy the race edition, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I would. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. If things oil, got, uh, oil injection or mix, 
No, I, I'd mix. You'd mix just because? I, I do. Just eliminate it's, one thing. One thing that could potentially go wrong. Potentially. Uh, yeah, I think having mixed for a long time, it's not something new, and I have a system of how I make sh- I manage it to make sure that I never accidentally throw unmixed gas in there. Definitely. And I think that's the biggest. If you ask me whether you should keep the injection or not on there, I would ask you like more, what are your habits? How do you go about mixing gas? And do you have a lot of things that take unmixed gas? And how do you keep that separated? Because I think it's weighing the risk of the system failing versus the risk of you failing. And That's interesting. That's a good, good way to put it. Like for me, I have... Uh, my jerry cans are split and the ones that are mixed are painted so yeah. that you can just look at them and go, no, like that, is, that jerry can has black spray paint all over the top of it. It's a mixed can. Yeah. I never put raw fuel in into, that jerry can, in that jerry can. So if I'm going to the gas station to fill up, I put the oil in at home before I go. Uh, so I, I'll never put gas in there without, without oil, oil yep. already being I do the it. same thing. And having, I think those systems in place and those habits reduce the risk of you making a mistake where you pick up the wrong jerry can and you put straight gas in. But if you don't do that and all your other bikes are four strokes and you have five jerry cans sitting there and you're like, oh, which one was which? And you fill it up accidentally and kerbang. I mean, that's a good risk. And that's probably higher than the oil system failing. Yeah. And one, I'd probably say half a tank of straight gas, your motor's cooked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's probably going to do some damage. Yeah. So that I, I that's why I would go, but I don't think I'm not a conspiracy person that's like, oh, every oil injection bike blows up, the systems fail everywhere. Yeah. I, I'm a let's let's look for at sure. all the risks and kind of weigh them. So no, I, would, I totally I agree that way. And for me, it also comes down to bike simplicity. Just yeah. because I prefer simple bikes. Yeah. But yeah. but that's an absolutely valid reason for someone to get oil injection. Yeah, uh, and I'm pro. I think it's a great thing. I think they're yeah. great products. I mean, the the little pumps now are just a, a shuttle solenoid with a pair of check valves. Like they're so simple. So being like, they're oh, the pumps up. fail, yeah. not a problem. Like, if, yeah, don't really wor- don't worry about it. If you trust a check valve to work, which everybody you, does. Yeah, I mean, you have them everywhere in your normal vehicle. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, beta KYB, and I'd premix. Yeah. Over the long roundabout, there we are. Yeah, for sure. Really, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. That's good. And uh, yeah, I don't, like the the proper counterbalance motors. I, I I think that's a good thing. Counterbalance is a good thing. Like it's yeah. I noticed on my KTM that I think my sixteen Husky had more power, more like raw power than my eighteen. Yeah, but. I would choose my 18 KTM all day long. And that, that motor would be the big draw for me to KTM where if beta didn't have the counterbalance, Sherco has the counterbalance. I'm making quotations. But even if it's half-ass counterbalance, that's better than no counterbalance. No, that's true. But it's just a weight on the water pump. Like it's not, it's nowhere near the mass that's. Weight on the water pump. Yeah, so the water pump drive gear on the new Shurkos. Oh, we're not even on, like, the crank? No, or? well, yours isn't on the crank either. Um, so it spins at opposite directions of your piston. So as your piston's yeah, going yeah. up, the counterbalance is going down, so you're yeah. canceling the forces out. Yeah. 
and you're doing it, the counterbalance on your crank is offsetting your connecting rod mass. Yeah, yeah. And then your uh, vertical reciprocating mass of your piston is taken away by your counterbalance weight. So where, where's my counterbalance weight? It would be on the side of your motor, probably on the electrical side. I'm not, huh. I haven't looked at it. Just just, just an, a lobed flywheel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically just a gear with a large mass on it that's yeah. fa- uh, opposite Opposite, fa- yeah. Opposite phase to your piston. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, you figure that's probably the way to go. Yeah, uh, like... Even, yeah, I think Beta's claiming counterbalance, but it's mediocre. Yeah, we're getting older. Those vibrations, uh, you just, yeah. I don't need that in my joints. No, definitely not. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's arm pump that is a big factor in races and whatnot, I found. Yeah, and especially uh, my first test drove one of the counterbalance motors. It was driving down the road, and we have our bikes road-plated so that we can commute to and from rides. Yeah. And that's a huge deal, having that counterbalance. Like, Definitely. I would way rather ride your bike for an hour down the road than ride my Sherco for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... It makes a big difference. Yeah. And actually, while we're on the subject of my bike, I finally got her dialed in pretty good. Yeah. Getting her sorted, eh? Yeah, finally. I was pretty upset with the suspension for a while. Yeah. I was getting bucked super hard on the rear end from logs and whatnot. Ended up putting the stock springs back in. I think I mentioned this before. Yeah, we were talking about your uh, your big your big boy springs. Yeah. Yeah, they were. So how many springs did you go down? How many rates? Three. Three. Yeah, wow, that's uh Yeah, so the ones that were in it were for a 230 to 250-pound rider. Oh, uh, yeah. So, like me on your back? So, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, so I went down to the stock springs that you conveniently had in your shop for when Jacob put them Blew in. the dust off. Yeah, exactly. So, put those in, made a big difference. I uh, set my compression clickers up at 15 clicks out and my rebound at 18 clicks out. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty soft, pretty fast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's working so much better. And then put V-Force reeds in it. Oh yeah. And I notice it. You got, you got tired of looking at the sun, eh? Yeah. There, there was a lot of these things war. Yeah. Aren't (laughs) these things supposed to be sealed? Yeah. So I did that, but I also did that and an SRT pro flow pipe. Anyways, put a new pipe on it. Uh, Yeah. It's a hundred bucks cheaper than a FMF. So yeah. So every two, you get a free one pretty well. So that's exciting. Yeah. And pipe, throw it on there and anything, pipe protection. Are you going for the small dents or the big kerwams? No. My second ride, I put a dent in the side where... (laughs) Where my guard would have protected it. Yep. So I'm a little sad about that. But it's still in overall the same shape. It's, That's a plus. It's, it's overall. Yeah. yeah. And I will say like it is, I think it's supposed to be very similar to the stock pipe for feel and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, the plating isn't the best. Like I bent my little mount. On the bottom there. On the bottom there. And you can see, like, all the plating is all cracked. and chrome's flaking off. Exactly. And right where the the dented, it's flaking off. (sighs) But my bike's thrashed anyways. Like, it's not a pretty bike by any means. 
Yeah. It's tight, but it's thrashed. You're not polishing it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I did that and um, new gearing as well. Around 1249 now. Ooh, wow. That's, uh, yeah. It's pretty low. So I was actually just talking to Dave Anderson last night and he informed me that one tooth in the front is closer to like three or three and a bit in the back. Yeah. And I always thought it was like a two to one ratio type thing. Yeah. No, it's, so it's pretty low. But yeah, I also so already had this 49 tooth and then I crammed. 1352 <laughs> equivalent. Yeah. It's a little bit lower than that, actually. I know. I know. But anyways, I already had this 49 tooth. So crammed 12 yeah, on there. Try it. And it's awesome. It actually works really well. It's probably, if I was to do it again, I'd probably go a little bit taller. Yeah. But. Jam a 48 on or something. Then you're getting pretty other, small. Yeah, no, I'd go like 1351, I think, yeah. would probably be the sweet spot for me. Yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll have to revisit this on Chain Life, too, and see how long the both your chain and sprocket last and if that makes an effect. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, what are you running for a chain? You're a diehard rental or so HK stock chain? When Jared had Munster Motorsports, yeah, I bought one of those Chinese X-Rings oh, for, yeah. for my Yamaha back in the day. I think they're HK, yeah. Is it HK? Is that I don't know, it was a blue box. Yeah. Robin's Egg Blue. Yeah, yeah. Powder Blue, Sky Blue. Yeah, maybe Sunring or something. I don't know. Anyway. Sunring. A cheapo. It was a cheapo. Anyways, it's gold, so it looks cool. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it, uh, so I crammed that on there. I had the same chain on the old 500. Oh, did you? Yeah. The gold side plates. Yeah. yeah. How long did that last? Well, it's still on there, I think. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, well, so far so good for me. Yeah. It's got 40 hours or something on it now. Yeah. Really put the hours on that, uh, the KTM myself though. Now that I'm riding alone so much because everyone rides mountain bikes and tears ACLs and oh, so sad. I'm just all alone. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but anyways, all, all that tell to say what, though, tell you what. we can trade positions. I will give you my knee <laughs> and you, yeah. Uh, I'll ride dirt bikes. No deal. No, no. I think, I think this is, this is better off. But yeah. But all to say, oh, and actually I was riding after I did all this work, I did the, this, front sprocket and the reeds and the exhaust kind of all at the same time. So I was working on my bike quite a bit. And then after a few, for like few rides after that, I was like getting this weird smell. I was like, it's like trying to figure it out. I was doing some mountain rides. I was like, wow, is that coolant like dripping on the pipe? And I was like, no, no. Or it's like, maybe he's burning it. Just no, can't smell anything coming out of the exhaust, anything kind of dank. I was like, wow, maybe... They ran over like some, some bear shit or some moose shit kind of, and it's like splashed up onto the pipe and it's burning there. I know these, these are all very different smells, yeah. I know, I, but I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So then. I'm so afraid. I know. So then I'm in my shop, put the bike away, wash it off, put the bike away. I'm hanging up my gear. And, uh, and I was like, there's that fucking smell again. I kind of like, like I had to whiff it out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like around my bike again. And I was like, no, I wandered over my gears. Like, oh, oh, it's in here. So I found out 
It was my knee brace socks. Oh. I know. I know. We got the funk. Yeah. Gonna yeah. have the funk. And like usually, we yeah, my feet don't usually like smell all that much. So that's why I was kind of thrown off. But I'm not sure if there was like a mixture of creek water and sweat or what. But the crispy socks was the answer. I was a, I was a little blindsided. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. So needless to say, I didn't wash my socks right away. They made it another few rides before I had to wash everything. Oh, crunchy socks. That's the worst. Oh, I know. Uh, they're crunchy. But I'm going to blame the creek water. Yeah. yeah Actually, what I did was... socks got beaver fever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I got the duck itch from my from my, <laughs> so, my knee brace socks. But I, uh, what I did wash, though, I cleaned my water bladder for the first time ever. So that's... Uh, a nightmare, actually. And, um, yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever cleaned your water bladder? Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of times. And I've I know bought my... new hose, too, because I've been... Yeah. You can see... Yeah. And there's, like... You can buy little brushes to kind of, like, scrape yeah. out the algae and stuff in there. Because I noticed that my, my hose is two different colors from one side to the other. Yeah. And I was like, eh. So I kind of, like, gave it a bloosh with some some dish soap and water and stuff yeah and i rinsed it out and like some bleach too yeah so for the next couple of rides i really just had soapy water that i was drinking yeah and i like i know i didn't wash out it wasn't a very good experience yeah but yeah, i'm not really sure what the answer is i left some gatorade mix in mine and the, it started to have mold in the straw and i was oh, like nope no. i'm done uh, there's no part of me that is having anything to do with that <laughs> yeah so not going to slurp her through. Yeah. I cut it off the fittings and, uh, I did scrub the fittings out and then bought new hose and yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I only run strict. I run strictly water yeah. just cause I don't believe in sugary beverages for in the water bladder. Yeah. But, uh, it was a weak moment. Yeah. Yeah. The jungle juice. eh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah old, I, th- uh, I think it's a little... Was it a liter of Red Bull or a liter of Red Bull? <laughs> no, like, don't drink Hello. Liter. Yeah, no. A liter of Gatorade, uh, one of those small Red Bulls, and then top it off with water. That's the uh, <laughs> yeah. my magical ratio for race day. I think it's a load of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're better off to drink water. Yeah, it could be. Although, but maybe like maybe a distance ride. Like maybe if you had a real maniacs type situation yeah. where it's like... Six, eight hours of riding. I'm just then I'm you're hungry kind of re- all the time. Like to go two hours without eating is. But do you consider Gatorade eating? Oh, yeah. Some sugars in there. <laughs> I mean, it's like gummy bears in a liquid form. Yeah. Some salt sprinkles on them. Maybe I just live off my reserves and that's why water's fine. Yeah, I got no reserves, bud. You got no reserves. Yeah. You'd be fading away to nothing. Deteriorating. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a day. Yeah, that was quite the quite the BS session here. Yeah, and yeah, I guess we can probably we'll finish her off that. I think we're gonna. Oh, yeah, it seems like a good round. We'll do episode. we'll do a maybe a short Romaniacs recap or something maybe, but if not, then well, you just gotta have to look it up yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, wow, it's a beautiful day, and you guys stay safe out on the trails. <laughs>